they might be people of color, but they are still Australians. And holding Australian passport is your first right to come back to your home, to your home country, that is Australia. And leaving them in the middle of this pandemic where we know everyone, that you have more chance of dying there, that's a disgrace. Today on Dirty Linen, we are talking to Chef Jesse Singh, an old friend of the podcast uh, that I am really glad to welcome back. Jesse owns restaurants all around the country, in fact, around the globe. Um, Daughter-in-law, Mrs. Singh in Melbourne, uh, also in Adelaide recently, and now Byron Bay, as well as restaurants in California. Um, Jesse, I'm so happy to have you back for a chat, although it is under very distressing circumstances. Thank you so much for having me, Danny, and I appreciate putting a limelight on an issue back in motherlands. I think um, so many people in Australia are so closely connected to India. Um, obviously, you know, you were born there. You've got a lot of family and friends there. Uh, it's a country that, you know, I love so much as well. Tell me um, uh, tell me what's going on there. What are you hearing from your connections? Oh, India is the bad. You remember first time when we heard about a coronavirus in March and the government, all the word got shut, shut down on if we don't shut down, this is going to happen, this is going to, this is going to happen. Exact same thing happening, multiply, billion times more. What's happening in India? India's hospital system, totally breakdown. Hospitals are full. They don't have any medical supply. They don't have oxygen, a simple thing that in, like to provide you. The coronavirus hits your lungs, and artificial oxygen is very, very essential part. They don't even have that. They don't forget about a mask, PPE, or other things. Mm. Uh, there is a, the death is on, oh man, I can, it breaks my heart. There's thousands and thousands of deaths a day. So nothing is getting reported the way we know. I know in my village, in my area, every day there's 200 to 300 people dying. And that's just a tiny, small area. Oh, Jesse, that's really so shocking. Um, t- just, just put us in the picture. Tell us about your village. Where is it? What's it like? So I'm in a North India, in bet- about 200 kilometer north of New Delhi, city Chandigarh. So, and these are not a small area. You, they used to be, but because of the massive population, our average small village will have fifty thousand people. And multiple people living in one room apartment. So average one room apartment, you have a full family living of five to six people. And anyone this time the virus has hit anyone. Doesn't matter you young, you old. I have family members, I have friends who are getting this virus third time. Not first time, not second time, third time. And third time, this one is very lethal. Uh, a lot of uh, Middle class got hit very hard this time. Somehow, poor people, either they just don't have any means to go to hospitals or they, but I know the lower middle class, middle class and higher class in India is the hardest hit. Give you an example. I would say we are ran out of space to burn bodies. There's that many bodies out bodies everywhere people are loved ones are 
afraid to get the bodies, bodies sitting in a hospital, out on the street, people dumping in the rivers. You've probably seen the news. It's just people in big panic mode. And as you know, we burn our dead ones. We cremate. And he needs a lot of woods and he needs a space. And it takes good six to eight hours. It is before part of our tradition, no funeral went in night. So you always have to do before sunset. But right now, it's happening 24-7. It's that bad. I've seen, you, you know, there's been a, a special rule that's passed that people are allowed to take wood from the city trees. And for me, that is such a sad and shocking image to think that people are going around cutting down trees, you know, just like a tree down the street. Um, I mean, that's just, a, I suppose it's just one symbol of the, awful scars that this situation is is causing so the situation uh putting a short situation is very bad everyone is afraid people are dying so badly this virus has gone so strong uh nothing is working india does not have a vaccine it just uh, the whole system just meltdown it's just so big i mean you're you're such a dynamic person you're always doing something i mean what kind of action is possible in a situation like this? The situation like this, the way we are trying to help a lot of people like me, especially in America, Australia, and Europe, we come from there. We know how the system works, how the corruption works, how the because the government is central government is right wing, then there's a different governments in the cities like Delhi has a very left wing government compared to center uh, Lots of lots of AIDS going in India, but no one know where that ending. And we know this happened very often here. Like if you remember back in tsunami, back in time, in December, around Christmas, billion of dollars get collected for India. Not even 1% money made it to the right person. So unfortunately, that's a part of the scene there. So the way we are working on it, most of the people, we are sending aid direct to ground-based NGOs, the community kitchen, could be a religious uh, temple. So, and uh, the best part of India is in the social media, as you know, India, everybody has smartphone now, everyone posting, everyone on different social media accounts. You get to know a lot of those people are ground-based, like uh, from the bottom base kids that are doing a really good charity work. So that's what I'm supporting. So the way I'm supporting, uh, I, because I own an Indian restaurant in America and Australia, I, most of the food come from India, all your spices, all your lentil, rice, lots of stuff. So I have a direct connection with a big wholesaler and I can have a truck picked up a food off a raw material, have it dropped anywhere without, on just my good note, on my credit note. Like I don't have to even give them money in front. They will trust me over 20 years of business and in a situation. And that's the most, like you got to remember, forget that people dying from COVID. They can't get oxygen. They can't get a medicine. They can't get a funeral. But then there's a lot of people out there who are afraid and scared and locked in. They need to eat food. And as you know, India is a very poor country. Most people work all day just to get one or two meal a day. So that's my focus right now. Money I'm collecting, I'm hoping to raise $100,000 from uh, this event. And if I don't get it to that point, I'll do another one. 
a lot of my doctor's friends from St. Vincent Hospital and Royal Woman Hospital helping me getting together because as you know, there's a lot of big community works in medical center. So we all kind of got together. We are sending the oxygen uh, concentrator, but we, we you have to send individual. You can send big to uh, big NGOs. So we're sending to individual the way it works. You buy one and you send direct to a person in a daily. Then that got put in either temple or in a street. In the street, anyone gets sick, they quickly go grab that. They use it. After that, you bring back, goes to the next person. So this is the one model working really successful, and everybody's doing that. Unfortunately, the problem is to buy those medical generators, Australia doesn't make it. It's either U.S. or German. You need to have a doctor note to buy multiple. You've got to pass a big red tape to get through. That's impossible. So you can only, and there's not much stock left anywhere in the world right now because people just bought on a mass level going all over the world. Remember, this virus just not hitting India. Nepal's going through exact same thing, same thing with Sri Lanka. All the subcontinent Pakistan, they start seeing the surge of this exact same thing on an India level. Yeah, it's really, it is really distressing throughout the whole subcontinent. I know Bangladesh as well has got a big surge. Um, so it- we, what we're doing, I am funding this couple of NGO that providing free oxygen. They got a black market connection where they're going direct to the oxygen makers and paying a bit higher price and getting oxygen and then distributing uh, free to the people. I have sent you a link for that NGO. One group is called Hemkund Foundation in Delhi. That's what they're doing. They're just providing free oxygen everywhere. So what basically they go in a car, tuk-tuk, rickshaw, in front of the bike, wherever they need it, they go it, and they put on a face. Someone sit around, wait for this person to improve, have some painkiller kicks in. That's like literally like this is how people are surviving there. It's really, it's so intense to think about that less mobile oxygen service. And Jesse, we'll put the Helmkunt uh, link um, in the show notes. Yeah, people can have a look at that one. The Helmkunt is very good. The other one I send you, the guy who's doing all the funerals for free. Yeah. So same thing, if you look at him, he's going around in auto rickshaw, bikes, taxis, or people just dumping their dead ones. So he's doing all that service for free. And that's like... As you know, he himself got infected twice, nearly died. His kids nearly died. He's still doing those things. Those people are working tirelessly for just as a volunteer. Imagine doing volunteer work in this kind of situation where you can die. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the courage and the desperation is just really hard to get your head around. Um, Jesse, you know, It's obviously you're able to muster a lot of support locally, which is fantastic, but it has been a big topic of conversation in Australia. You know, the Australian government has had this ban on people travelling back from India. What's your perspective on that? My perspective on that is uh, such a big fear-monging by politicians started by the Premier for Western Australia. He started uh, using India, India virus, India disease. He started doing exact like uh, Trump style from America. And uh, that kind of snowballed into it. People got afraid. Oh, the whole Perth, Western Australia going to die if they're going to bring people from India. But most people are forgetting. And Danny, you know how immigration works. It is impossible for Indians to come to Australia even before COVID. 
only way you can come to Australia from India, you have to have a, a visa. And only people get visa who bring money to this country. Victoria made billions of dollars every year from students. Students didn't come here for free. They brought massive economy. Not only they brought money to this city and country, they bring the labor that no one else wants to work. So that. And secondly, let's not forget, they're not Indians that we blocked. They're Australians. They might be people of color, but they are still Australians. And holding Australian passport is your first right to come back to your home, to your home country. That is Australia. I think that's the one basic right of being a citizen of this country. And leaving them in the middle of this pandemic where we know everyone's that you have more chance of dying there. That's a disgrace. I think. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think those people need to be brought here and looked after, safely quarantined, and yeah, allowed to come back home. Um, but I do. I also feel so sad for those Indian students that you're talking about that are still here. Some of them did come here with some support from their families, but a lot of those families are not no longer in a position to support them. Some never had that family support in the first place. And I just feel so sad for those people to be away from family, away from family that are distressed and unable to do much to help. It's such a terrible feeling of, of powerlessness. Exactly. Like me, I have all the money. Yeah? I can't even do anything for anyone I want to do. I have enough money that I can help hundreds of hundred people. It's very impossible to do that right now because everyone has blocked India. It's a, it's just a, and you just gotta base depend on someone in a local village. Hey, can you go find that that person? Okay, do they need that? You need money? Go, I'll send you money. Make sure the person had proper funeral. Yeah, not a proper funeral. Make sure body doesn't just to sit around. Their so dogs can eat it. Just have it funeral. I'll send the money. You need a medicine? Don't worry. We can find a medicine. We have money. But a painkiller, I'll tell you what in India was happening. A simple 12-pack of painkiller of paracetamol that used to be for 5 rupees, now is going over 200 rupees. It's gone that much. Black marketing started because there's no much supply there. Mm. Like people can get a simple painkiller. <laughs> the prices have showed so much up. That's really disgusting. Um well, Jesse, we'll definitely send people to those links and people can, you know, read more about them and, and donate where they can. I want to talk to you about something that's happening locally as well, and that's that we found out this week that international students will have their working uh, restrictions lifted for hospitality. So until now, they've been able to work just 40 hours a fortnight. And now those restrictions will be lifted and in hospitality and tourism, uh, students are allowed to work as much as they want. What do you think about that change? Like it is such, we've been asking for that change. We've been pushing for that change, but it came too late for so many people. These people suffered all year since last shutdown of 23rd of March. Yeah, We, the government knew they're not going to allow, the borders are not going to open. They didn't get JobKeeper. They didn't get JobSeeker. None of those things. We should have this done to them. You know what? Guys, we're going to waive your working. You guys can work 40, 50 hours. Because that was the only community working during the lockdown where everyone else was working from home, getting paid exact same money they had before. But these people didn't get any money. It is to look, it's too late, but it's such a great way. It helps them. It will help hospitality, tourism, all uh, old age care sector. 
Danny, I'm not being racist here. If you look in hospitality, tourism, aged care, cleaning, you will only find brown people working in these days. They are the backbone of this economy. doesn't matter how you want to believe it or not. Go look around. I'll tell your listener that those are the pooper. They could be from India, could be from Nepal, Sri Lanka, Thailand, Vietnam. Those are the only people that are working in this most minimum paid job. They're happy to do those jobs. You know, it's go try work on 20 hours uh, wage. See if you can survive in this country. No, well, it's impossible, and that's why so many of those students were, you know, forced to resort to cash jobs where they were um, paid below the award rates and exploited. Um, I mean, to me, I think one of the main the main benefits of this um, change is that students who have been paid uh, cash jobs uh, below what they should be paying can now work the number of hours that they need to work to survive in proper jobs at proper award wages. Exactly. And it will help them so much. And as we know, a boat is not going to open another year or two years. Like if the way the situation in India is going to snowball in other country, forget it for another two, three, four, five years. I mean, we are locking down a whole state for two cases in Western Australia and Melbourne. It's going to happen here again. Yeah, lockdown is going to happen. Politicians are going to play their games. They get so much power from this. Uh, so we need them more than anything, anybody else. As you know, old age care doesn't have it. There's no nurses here. There's no doctor, no hospitality, no tourism. If you, you know our business really well, anyway in Australia, it is impossible to find the staff right now. Yeah. It is uh, such a shortage of uh, staffing. It is that most of the time before Australian didn't see, oh, why are we having so many students? Why are we having so many immigrants? There was always thing, oh, these people are coming over, taking over the jobs. People are forgetting the jobs they're taking over. No one wants to do it. Well, I mean, one of the, I've just been looking at Twitter today, which is, you know, not always a good idea, but um, one of the, the conversation around no staff, it, there's a lot of commentary with people saying, if you pay people properly, you'll find the, you'll find people to do the jobs. Um, no, that's not true, Nanny. You know that most most people are not cowboys. You know what I mean? Like jobs that highly paid jobs are doctors, nurses, people in uh, healthcare. Uh, it doesn't matter what employer you are, small employer or big employer. Look, it's, it's, it's such an easy to do commentary on a small issue, but in a bigger number, a lot of people doesn't want to do this. Minimum job, nights, weekend, shift hours. People just want to work Monday to Friday, seven to three. Yeah, and they don't want to work in restaurants, and they don't want to. They don't want to work in restaurant. Who wants to work in aged care? Clean, ninety years old person who needs twenty four seven help. Who wants to do a night shift at a hospital on every level? Who wants to work in accommodation business? Be up middle of the night, two, three, four, five, six in the morning, cleaning rooms, cleaning toilets. No one. I don't want to do that, but I don't want to work nights, weekend, holidays, not get paid super holiday penalty rate. I get none of that. I work. Hmm. So, yeah, look, there's a lot of country and there's a both side of the picture. Yes, there's a lot of cowboys in the industry, as you mentioned. And then there's a lot of good people that the system, whatever it is, system has failed here. All it took one year of pandemic, one year of having no students or international travelers. Look where we are. 
look where our employment markets are. For one year, this border being closed for those two communities. Yeah, it's so true. I think it's just it's just exposed how broken the system is. There are so many ways um, that it can be improved and that it can be fixed. And I think allowing students to work as much as they want to um, is a really good step forward. As you say, it's too late and it's not a complete fix, but it's a good thing. Um, Jesse, what do you think's ahead for India? How do you think the country is going to get out of this? Look, uh, the uh, the peak hasn't even started yet in India. As a health professional saying, it needs to have a complete lockdown. But as you know, the politician corruption's not gonna not doing that. India, everyone saying India need a very strict, complete shutdown to stop this. I mean, I don't see that happening. Uh, the way uh, the peak is not there yet. They are saying there will be over a million deaths by next couple of months. That's the newest figure came out. The way it's going, it will be over a million deaths in a, such a short period. And we have no hope. I have no hope. I don't know who's going to help India. system has broke down. Everyone is kind of scared. It's just uh, people just living minute-to-minute uh, minute lives in India. I am me, like people like me who have families home. We just don't know what's going on. So we just, everyone, it just, you wake up with the sad news, you go to home with the sad news. I don't want to open up a phone, read a news, because it's all about what's happening back home. Mm, Jesse, it's so sad. It's really so distressing. Um, I'm really grateful to you for, you know, giving us your perspective today and, I don't know what to, I don't know what to say except you know I'm sending love to India. Thank you. Yeah, we just need a support as Australia. We are a very big blessed country. Uh, this is not a great time to have idea about India banning India. This is a time community to get together and support and send money. There's so many NGOs, so many organizations in India. People can find simple Google check, fact checks, look on social media. Then just help them. Help with their, any money, little money, five bucks, dollar, ten dollar will go a long way in India right now. And there's a couple of uh, foundation there. There's a other one I send you, the website called KETTO. I send you a link. They're the crowdfunding. They don't take any commission and they support so many different uh, organizations. Uh, could be people cooking food, uh, medical supply, PPE. And just look out for, uh, I would encourage people to do uh, little parties where they can raise funds for India, have gathering. If people need help, suggestion, they can come to me. We're happy to give them free food to set up if they're doing any fundraising. It's, uh, just keep India in mind. I'm uh, very disappointed in uh, those chefs and uh, writers and uh, TV personality who cashed up heavily on my motherland. People who would have a recipe every month about butter chicken or chicken tikka masala, had a cook, cookbooks about India. I don't see anyone out there raising awareness uh, about this thing happening. The motherland needs them now. I mean, they had it for their success. This would be a great time to support my motherland, where they benefit heavily. Could be from cuisine, from culture, from their TV show, cookbooks, dishes they serve in their restaurants. So I'm very disappointed on that note. I hope it's still not too late. People can come out.
Definitely, Jesse. Well, we're with you and, um, yeah, we'll get those links out there and people can start thinking about, well, if they haven't been already, then, yeah, there's, it's definitely not too late. Um, good luck with your fundraisers. I'm sure you're going to smash it and, um, yeah, do a lot of, do a lot of good back, back in India. Thanks so much, Jesse. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much for having me, Danny. Take care. Bye. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about. We spend a week thrashing around each issue, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This.